Hi, I'm Bailey. And I'm Serena. Welcome to Season 3 of the Creative Baggage Podcast. In this episode, we talk to bassist and member of the Kansas City Symphony, Caleb Quillen, about the psychological impacts of the orchestral audition process. We discuss the financial and emotional insecurities that many musicians face in addition to the pressures of the audition, and assert the importance of mindfulness both in the practice room and the audition room. Caleb leaves us with some food for thought on the symbiotic relationship between understanding ourselves and understanding music. My name is Caleb. I'm a bass player in the Kansas City Symphony. Um, I am, uh, this is my, what, fifth season now? The My COVID season is the fifth season, yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been here since 2016. And that's where my career has led me so far. I mean, schools, I went to New England Conservatory for undergrad. I went to Rice University, had my fair share of the audition uh, train and and here I am. I was wondering, Caleb, do you find it easier now to take auditions because you already have a job? Watching myself of the initial doubt that I could ever get a job was really helpful. Mm. So when I won the job in KC, I just, I, I immediately felt different in my playing. Uh, just because it was sort of a it was just a message to me that I am actually going to be able to do this in some mm-hmm. way, you know? And so it was just a huge weight off my shoulders. And it was like when I was getting out of school. So I felt like, okay, well, at least I'll have a paycheck. I think it's easy for me, for me to forget the voices that were going in my head and, and like, I still can't sleep before auditions. And, mm. um, but beforehand it was just about something different. I think now when I take an audition, it's about, trying to trying to find a place mentally that I'm more comfortable on stage. And since I've been doing it, I am more comfortable taking auditions, but just continuing that feeling and then interperformance anxiety in general. But before it was like, okay, I don't think I'm ever going to do this. And then just trying to quiet, quiet that voice, you know, like I don't, I'm not ever going to get a job trying to quiet that voice. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it is later, later into the job, but. Yeah. Any tips for quieting that voice? I think a lot of our young viewers would love to hear about that. <laughs> um, well, I remember the, it's hard to know that if it was attributed to this audition or, but before I won KC, I had gone through uh, a breakup and was sort of thinking about that. All, my time was, you know, split between thinking about the audition and thinking about uh, the, the breakup. And, and I think I was just trying to fill my head with as much of the other thing as possible, you know? (laughs) So, so for the most part, it was like, I I would just, if I thought something that was negative, I just immediately would like shake my head and then like try to replace it with something, which I don't think is the healthy way to do that. (laughs) I, I think, I think that is, it maybe it was helpful to me, but I think the, the helpful thing to do is, is to just realize that you're not thinking about the things that you should be thinking about Hmm. and, and not that you should push them away is that you should, you should feel yourself thinking that and Mm -hmm. then move on and realize that you're probably, 
I mean, you're probably doing this in the middle of practice or in the middle of some task. Try to focus on the task. You focus on what you're doing. And it's the same thing when you're playing in an audition. Mm-hmm. If for, for years, for me, it was just, I was blacking out. I didn't realize what was going on. It's because I was inside my head, not thinking about the moment, you know? So I oh, think yeah. as much as you can access the moment, realize, first of all, you need to understand when that's happening. Because if you don't have that awareness, you're not going to be able to know when you're doing it. But in your performances, un- try to to be more aware of what you're thinking about, what's going through your head. Uh, because if you're not singing and not thinking about your instrument, then you're not doing the right thing. And uh, if you're yeah. not expressing, if you're not being expressive, what I mean by singing uh, and, and trying to voice something and trying to trying to play, then then I think that's when the nerves start to be that, that's when you get handicapped by the nerves when they become debilitating, you know, and, and you don't play like you would in the practice room. Mm. Yeah. Well, not nobody can tell you how that feels. Nobody can go yeah. inside your head and, and say, oh, look, you see where you're at right now. Your, mm-hmm. your mind is wandering and it's wandering into all the places that you don't want to go. And you just have to realize that for yourself first. It's it's uh, but but you find this in, in anything. I mean, there's books about this. It's it, meditation is all about this. You know, it's it's um, not to not to get down that road too too heavily. But you if you're running and you're trying to run for a long time and all you're thinking about is how much it sucks, you're going to, you're going to stop. Mm-hmm. So if you are putting your mind in a place where it's more about seeing your environment, uh, feeling the sensations of your legs moving, feeling the sensations of your body, you're going to run for longer because you're going to be forgetting about there like you're not in pain first of all you're not mm-hmm. really in pain you're just doing something that you're not comfortable with so your body's letting you know and then your mind is doing the rest of that right or well your mind's doing all of that i think about it as time wasted if i'm not paying attention if i'm not noticing little things about because there's always something to learn about when you're playing a scale i mean as a as any instrumentalist um as a bass player you know it takes us, <laughs> we, we, we can never, well, I don't want to put down my bass fellows, but, uh, <laughs> but it scales are, are really tough, you know, uh, for everybody and, and to play them in a way that is proficient and, and still musical. And it, it, it is still tough, you know? So I think being just mindful in that too is, is, is really important because I think about it as like, if I'm practicing and then I'm just in my head thinking about other stuff, then I'm just wasting, I'm not wasting time, but it's not going to help me as much in performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not going to stick. It's not going to stick way. in the same way. I think the performance practice is a little bit different. You know, like I've definitely had realizations through the wondering mind practice, like mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm just kind of experimenting. I think we all need to just spend some time practicing and just be like, I'm just going to play and like mess around and like where, who cares where my head goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I've had some realizations about my playing that I've that have been really important through that. But when you're getting ready for something or 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 you're planning on playing a recital and you have you're gonna get nervous, that's when I think the mindfulness is really important, especially if you're playing a particular piece. You know, it's just 
you want to be there for your practice and as much as you can be there for your practice, that's just going to, then every time you touch your instrument, that's going to be a habit, you know, then you're going to bring the instrument mm -hmm. to you and it's going to be this thing that you, you do. I mean, we are creatures of habit. So if you start to be more that way, then you will continue to be more that way, I think. So. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think the mindfulness is like a, it's kind of like a training for the point that you can just let your body do it by itself. Cause I think the biggest thing that I had trouble with is I just could not let go for the longest mm -hmm. time. Every moment that I was playing, I had to feel 100% aware of everything that I was doing. And that's no. really important <laughs> in the beginning of a practice so that you learn a piece correctly so that you can fix little details here and there and be super observant but like at a certain point you have to let go or even like you have to let go and then come back to it and zoom in again and then let go for a performance and then figure out what you did wrong in that performance and fix that and then when you're playing it for your teacher or for a master class next time like you have to let go again but for me I couldn't let go of the piece until the final moment right so like if I were to have a recital with a piece and I'm playing in a masterclass before it and a bunch of lessons before that, like in those lessons and in those masterclasses, I was not willing to just let go and see what happened. So it was kind of a shame because I had performed this piece so many times, but it wasn't until the actual final performance that I was able to feel the piece in its entirety as a performance and not like a, I'm learning, I have to get better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's there's plenty of those types of performances. I've told myself that <clears throat> muscle memory is the thing that I rely on whenever I'm not being mindful, you know, so muscle memory is definitely important because muscle memory is what makes it to where like you don't understand like in auditions that I've done well in where I'm like, I don't think I'm going to advance in the because I can't remember what's going on it's because my <laughs> muscle, you know, my muscle memory took over and it was just like, you've done this a million times. So let's do this. You know, your body knows. Um but yeah, being able to let go is is part of, I think, being more mindful as you play because you're not thinking about so many technical things. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's hard. A yeah, it's, it's a hard place to get to, I think. I think it's like, you know, there's that one tuner app where like you just have to get the line right in the... You, you, you all know what I'm talking about, that one tuner app where you have to like get it perfectly. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. You know what I mean? It's like uh, you just have to like meet that line exactly. Um, I mean, I think that's the balance. And it's happened for me only a few times in my memory of my life where I was like that performance, I let go, but I was still aware of what was going on. I was still accurate. Right. And that is, I think, the most exciting thing about being a musician is like yeah you're artistic you're creative you're free you're expressive but also like you are accurate you're there you're athletic you're precise you're mathematical you're intelligent and like when you can just meet those right in the middle it's magical and it's very easy to stay there but you have to get there you have to find it and it's a balancing act and I think you know it it's never easy and I don't think any professional even the the, you know, Yo-Yo Ma or whoever we want to name, like, I don't think anybody can do that at the drop of a hat for every single performance. It's just not possible. Well, yeah. The ones who do it most of the time are the ones who are the soloists getting paid a bit. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I saw an interview, I think, with Anne-Sophie Motor, mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. and she was saying that she has gotten into the habit of that focus so much that it just becomes sort of automatic for her. You know, I am oh sure God. there's performances where she's in her head and, and because she's done it so many times. But I think to be in that kind of pressure, I think it just becomes we get used to anything. I mean, you know, people who are principals of major orchestras, they sort of befriend the pressure, you know, in a way. So um, wouldn't it be nice if we could all do that you know, <laughs> just all the time? I think that was easier for me as a kid. I think when there's less at stake, mm-hmm. like I had, I mean, I was really good at performances. Like I would just go in and know exactly how it should go. And then it came out exactly how I thought. And then I would leave and I'd be happy. And I was just happy to like wear a nice dress and get to play the flute. But as soon as like I started taking music very seriously and like wanting to go to school for it, wanting to be a professional I started thinking like so much more about every single performance. Like, oh my gosh, like how am I like improving myself? Am I good enough? Like, is this going to come out how I want it to come out? How do I even want it to come out? Like, I don't even know how I want to sound anymore. And like, it's a huge rabbit hole that I I think I've been down for quite a while. And and I'm just trying to figure out how to get out of it. Do you mean, Serena, that you just have so many voices just like every time you play. Yeah. It's like to the point where like Bailey and I were talking about this recently. Um, It's hard for me to judge like what I think I like Mm. and what I don't, you know, like you play me recordings and I'm like, yeah, that sounds fine. Everything's correct. It's in tune. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it's hard actually for me to like, find my inner artistic voice and say like hey this is my taste and this is not my taste and this is how I want to sound and this is not how I want to sound it's like everyone who plays correctly in whatever like whatever that word means is good enough and I haven't been able to have the inner voice telling me like this is what you want to be yeah it's like playing to the critic you know yeah yeah, your inner critic is the most important one, I think. Uh, just in terms of like, it's it's hard to learn how to trust yourself. Those musical decisions that you're trying to make, the sound production things that you're trying to make, I think those things are always changing. But I think it gets easier to trust yourself and then it gets easier to play the way that you want to play. And then when you understand how the way that you want to play more, then you start doing that more I think it kind of falls in line and I'm I know I'm talking about these things like they just happen and and like they're (laughs) happening to me all the time and I'm some expert and because I'm a professional in an orchestra but like I still have to battle with these things every day I think I've felt a little more uh I trust myself more these days and I think that's part of developing as a person you know like I talk to many of my friends colleagues about just how the the relationship between music and and your personality, how they coincide and the things that you do for yourself, mental health. I mean, this podcast is called Creative Baggage. You know, it's like, <laughs> like there are things about me that I, I need to get better at as a person and, and I need to understand about myself as a person, social anxieties, whatever, whatever it be, you know, it's like 
the more I learn about those things, the more I can answer those questions in my playing and, and the way that I deal with my mind while I play. Mm, and, yes. and I mean, it's also, you, you still have to do all the work of like, have a pretty good understanding of theory enough to at least, you know, know how the phrase is going and like where the line is and what direction the harmony is going and all of those things, good sound quality. But if you don't know how to deal with the person who you are, and start to kind of reconcile with that. I think that should take more precedent than a lot of the other things, you know, at least in my opinion, you yeah. know, cause the academic stuff will come. You, mm -hmm. you understand the things that you need to be good at, to be proficient. Mm -hmm. The hard part is understanding yourself and, and understanding your mind mm -hmm. and like knowing what the hell you want, <laughs> and, like, yeah. you know? If you like what you hear, please subscribe, leave us a review, and consider becoming a monthly donor. We are also excited to launch our website. Give it a visit at creativebaggagepodcast.com.